0: This is how to become better. Because if you are going to have to walk through something as hard, I don't care how long you've been with someone, a breakup is difficult. Whether you chose the breakup or someone else broke up with you, it can be exhausting, it can be debilitating, there can be anger, sadness, fear, like so many negative emotions. And if you're gonna have to walk through that hell, then you better come out the other side a better person. Hi. Hello, everyone. Happy Monday. Well, I suppose you're listening to this on who knows what day of the week, but it's a Monday morning for me. And I was actually going to go work in one of my favorite coffee shops this morning because it's the first like sunny, warmer. And when I say warm, I mean like it'll be 60 today instead of 30, which is really exciting. And I was going to go work in a coffee shop. And then I just got inspired to do a podcast. I had uh, sort of mapped this one out last week. And then this morning I woke up and I was like, you know what? Today's a good day. I'm going to do that podcast. So here we are. And it's a really special day for our family because today my daughter, Noah, who's my youngest, turns five. And for any of you who are mamas or daddies, it's just, it really It really does go so fast. Like, on the one hand, five years feels like a lifetime. And on the other hand, it feels like it was yesterday. And Noah's birth was so special because she's adopted. And when we tell the story to her of the day that she was born, it starts with her dad and I getting on a plane, very nervous, and going to Nebraska to be with her first mom while she labored. And when Noah was born, I we were there. I was holding her, her first mom's leg as she pushed her into the world. And I got to cut Noah's cord. And it just is such a special day. So she went to school today with like full unicorn tutu dress, just Every unicorn sparkly situation she could find in her room, she was rocking today, which I love. And we're doing a big family dinner for her later. We're going to the trampoline park. It's a big day around here. And per Noah's request, we are all wearing pajamas to dinner. And we're all going to have bows and side ponies like Jojo Siwa, who – I don't know if any of your kids ever got into something that you did not – I did not sanction Jojo Siwa. I've never turned that on in my house. Like I – not nothing against Jojo Siwa. In fact, after she came out, I was like, all right, I love you. Um, But it's just – if you've ever seen it, it's very intense. It's very colorful. It's loud. It's just, you know, it's a lot. So I would never really – that's like actively giving your child a toy that makes really obnoxious music for Christmas. I wouldn't introduce that. I didn't introduce Jojo, but she somehow discovered her a couple years ago and just has never stopped in her massive love for this person. So we're having a little Jojo Siwa unicorn rainbow extravaganza tonight, and it's pretty exciting. So I am uh, have gotten myself to a place in my work, which is just really life-giving. I'll, I'll do a podcast about this when I just have a bit more experience with it, but have really gotten myself to a place in work where I buckle down and knock out my workload in maybe two hours, maybe three, and then just do whatever I want for the rest of the day. It's pretty crazy. And I know that I'm really freaking lucky to get to do that because I own my company. But I found myself, and I don't know if any of you have found yourself, in switching and working from home, how much faster you get stuff done. Like if you're not being pulled into meetings, if nobody's coming into your office. And I know that lots of you are back in the office, back at work, so you don't have this luxury. I'm super hyper aware of that. But for those of you who do work from home like I do, it's definitely worth checking out things like four hour work week by Tim Ferriss and um, different bloggers and different people who kind of speak to this idea of really honing in, batching your work, and then having the rest of the time to pursue other things. So it's funny in the book, the four hour work week, he talks about how in order to actually pull this off, you have to have a plan for what you'll fill the remaining time with. So my first step was like, I'm going to figure out how to get my work condensed, which I did. It took me a couple of months, but I figured it out. And then – and by the way, that was just by like really focusing on what was essential, stripping away anything that wasn't. I I will do a podcast. This is actually a big life-changing thing. So I figured that piece out. Then – He says what a lot of people end up doing is when they don't know what to fill the extra time with, rather than wanting to feel like they're like being a slacker, they just sort of accidentally start doing more work. Like they kind of create busy work. And I definitely accidentally did that. So I'm now in the phase where I'm really actively trying to put things in those hours that are the life-giving pursuits that I've wanted to try and have for years. You've probably heard me – if you've been with me for a while, you've heard me talk about, you know – trabajando mi español para cinco años. Um, And I just never go to the next level with Spanish. And I really want to. All of that to say that I am getting my work done this morning so that the rest of my day is devoted to setting up, like really decorating the house. I just want it to feel so special for her for her fifth birthday. And I'm coming in hot with this podcast, which has, as usual, nothing to do with the intro that I just talked to y'all about. I did an episode recently of the podcast that was so wildly popular and successful that I, I was shocked. I really, truly shocked. And I didn't even know, I don't really check my numbers. It just says I don't Review anything that I put out into the world. I make content and put it out and hope that you know somebody it gets help from it. But I don't. I don't know ever how things are doing until someone on the team tells me. And so Nicole on my team was like, "Oh my gosh, did you see the numbers on this episode? It like it's like the best, the most successful podcast episode we've had in like four years." So I was like, "Well, hot damn, let's let's think on that." So. The episode was Signs That Your Relationship Might Be In Trouble. So I was in a place at the time where I was really thinking a lot about my marriage and that as much as I worked, really tried to save that relationship for seven years, five years, like all of these things, I realized in retrospect that there were signs that it was really needing to come to closure. And I put that off forever. And the biggest reason I put that off was because of my kids. And that's something a lot of people do. And it's totally understandable as to why. But I basically did a whole episode on the things that I realized now were really big red flags and that were breaking my personal boundaries and were really unhealthy. But back in the day, I couldn't see them as signs. I just kept thinking, you know, like, I'm an Enneagram three. I'm an achiever. I just kept thinking, like, I can fix this. Like, if I work hard enough, if I read enough books, if I go to enough conferences, if I work on myself enough, then I can be healthy enough and strong enough and figure this out for both of us and therefore our kids. And I now understand that that just absolutely wasn't true because you can't, Save someone else, and you can't fix someone else. And it doesn't matter how much you work on yourself, you cannot heal someone for them. They have to heal for themselves. So I did this episode, and I guess it really struck a nerve. I guess maybe a lot of you are in that place, and maybe a lot of you are wondering, like, hey, I've been with this guy for nine months, or I've been with this woman for two years, or you know, maybe it's a new thing. Maybe it's like me and you've been together for 18 years and you just, you don't want to be gossipy. You don't want to talk badly about that person behind that person's back, but you just want to like kind of understand if this is healthy or not. So if you want to go listen to that, it's episode 250 and you can dig in. So based on that idea that lots of people were kind of wanting to know what those questions were, wanting to know what those answers were, I thought that I would do this episode as kind of a follow-up and sort of what I think the next steps are. If you have gone through a breakup, if you've gone through a divorce, or frankly, just straight up, if you know that your relationship is unhealthy, if you know that you need to end it, but one of the ways that you're struggling is that you cannot imagine a life beyond the life you have. I think that one of the most powerful things that we can do is give ourselves a vision of something better, something different. But if you've, like me, my marriage, that was the first man I ever kissed. Like I had no other experience. So I couldn't even imagine what life would look like to be single. I couldn't imagine what it would look like to go through a breakup. And if that's you, then I hope this episode is helpful for you and gives you just some things to think about. And the intention for this is how to become better after a breakup, not how to survive a breakup, not how to, you know, manage a breakup or deal with. No, this is how to become better. Because if you are going to have to walk through something as hard, I don't care how long you've been with someone, a breakup is difficult. Whether you chose the breakup or someone else broke up with you, it can be Exhausting. It can be debilitating. There can be anger, sadness, fear, like so many negative emotions. And if you're going to have to walk through that hell, then you better come out the other side a better person because you can be better or you can be bitter, but you can't be both. Here are some things that I think really helped me to become a better version of myself. I think today, as I'm recording this for you at the end of February, I think I'm the best version of myself I have ever been. I am the best mama. I am the best friend. I am the best partner. This is the most kindness I've ever shown myself. This is the most love I've ever given myself. I have found in this process a a grace for realizing that I am human and that I make mistakes and that I'm not perfect. But even when we're not perfect, we can still be really good valuable beings and i think you question a lot of that when you are inside of a hard relationship or maybe you're in a relationship with someone who's judging you or nitpicking you or telling you why you aren't great or telling you why you suck on the you know the lowest end of the spectrum on the highest end of the spectrum there are people who are emotionally abusive verbally abusive physically abusive and if you're in that cycle long enough, you start to believe that that's true. You start to believe the words of the villain instead of the words of the hero that's inside of you. So some things that really helped me and that I think are why I am doing better today after going through a divorce two years ago. The one thing I'll say before I continue on is... If you dig this episode and you have a friend who's trying to decide if they should break up, who's trying to decide what to do next, or who's really struggling in the aftermath of a breakup, please send them this episode. Forward them the YouTube video. Send them the podcast. I think that one of the greatest ways – that we can be leaders is whenever we find something that helps us, we send it to someone else. Like I'm reading a book right now that I absolutely love. And I do this every time I read or learn. If I find something that I love, I immediately am like, okay, who needs this? I'm constantly sending out in the world. So this podcast is helpful to you. Please send it along. Now, the first thing that I did that I think is so freaking key is I allowed myself the time to grieve. I allowed myself the time to heal. I know so many people who go through a breakup and have someone immediately. Like they find a person to date as soon as they possibly can. And this never, this never goes well. This does not go well i mean i couldn't even fathom dating someone else when i went through my break i i didn't even have that vision and like i remember that being such an issue when we were going through the process of breaking up is that And maybe this is a male thing, but my ex was so focused on like, you're going to go out. You're going to find someone else. This is because you want someone else. And I was like, I didn't actually say this. This is just in my head. I was like, bitch, <laughs> I am not trying to find somebody else. I'm trying to find myself. Like I had it – was, it was so heavy and hard and like carrying – you know, holding this thing together for so many years, I did not want another man at all. I didn't want a partner. I didn't want a woman. I didn't want any. But I, I just wanted to be alone. I just was like, well, what would it feel like energetically if the only people that I was responsible for were myself and my kids? And I did not want so. And I couldn't even. Im- I literally could not imagine. And I am a die hard romantic but it, i couldn't even see that world for myself and i really thought like i'm going to be alone forever and it's going to be great and i'm going to like you know buy some cool house like in practical magic and like eventually my friends and i are all get old enough and we'll just live in this house and like be the town witches or whatever like i had no desire <laughs> to find someone again and the uh, the line that i love i heard this when i was Like, just at the start of my divorce, I heard someone say, it takes a really good man to be better than no man at all. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. You better be really good because being single is freaking awesome. Awesome. And I know that I am speaking as someone who has had marriage, who has had kids. And so it's easy for me to say at 39 years old, post-divorce, with four kids, That I love being single, but it's the truth. It's the truth. And we always want what we don't have. But I'm just telling you, like, there is a world. I was, where was I? I was at the dentist recently, and there was a young gal who was in training who's helping the dentist who is a mom. And the young gal, the dentist said to the young gal, like, Oh, are you, did you do anything fun this week? And she's like, Oh my gosh. I just really needed it. I just slept all day, just slept all day. Sunday, just woke up and said, no, just slept. And at some point, I went and rolled out to the couch. I watched Netflix for a couple hours, and then I kept on sleeping. And the dentist and I looked at each other. We were like, oh, my word. Like, girl, live that life. Live it to the fullest. Yes, if you are single and you're dreaming of being in a relationship or, you know, having kids or doing those things like- my gosh. Yes, I get it, but also while you're in this space, enjoy it. And for me, when I when I went through my breakup, that I knew, I just knew that even if this felt like a relief to me, it was still brutal. It was so brutal to go through divorce. It I I don't even have words for how horrible it was and how ugh I don't even want to. Blech, don't even want to deal. But I just knew that that was taking such an insane emotional toll on me, and I needed the time to heal. So, had a lot of therapy during that time period, um, and tried all sorts of therapy. I tried energy healing. I, you know, went to see mediums. I went to see psychics. I was just like, if anyone wants to talk to me about what I am going through, I am here for it. And just sort of. I don't really take anything as the capital T truth for for it all, but I think that we can glean little nuggets or little bits of wisdom from all sorts of different teachers and so when I'm when I'm going through something hard, I kind of just, you know, look for, okay, I'm going to pray, I'm going to meditate, I'm going to go see this therapist, I'm going to go to this group, I'm going to, you know, go get a massage, I'm going to I'll just try a little bit of everything because it all ends up helping me and it all ends up allowing me to go inside and really process what I'm thinking. And I will say that I think that was a huge part of my healing process too, was I didn't numb myself out. And I'm watching the ramifications of friends who've gone through hard breakups and rushed into a new relationship and or numbed themselves out. So they never really processed what happened. And now years later, All of this stuff is bubbling up in them because they didn't deal with it. And I'm not saying it's easy. It is freaking brutal to have to confront all of it and look at yourself and understand why things went wrong. Because if you're really on a healing journey, then that means you also take ownership of the part that you played in that breakup. Like even if it ended badly and they were the ones that ended it, you didn't want it to end Or even if you ended it, but it was years after you should have, and you have to look at the truth that you allowed someone to treat you badly, or you allowed someone to make you feel small, or you allowed someone to anchor you to the earth, whatever your version of this is, there's always two people inside of a relationship. And you have to take ownership of the part that you played, not the part that they played or what they did, but at least how did you... Add to this, and maybe the way you added this is you should have never been in a relationship with this person in the first place. But even in that, you have to acknowledge it and take ownership because if you don't, that like emotional cycle is just gonna follow you. That's just gonna show up in your next relationship again and again and again. You're gonna keep playing out the same things. The universe gives us opportunity again and again to get it right. And every time we do the same stupid crap, The universe is like, all right, we'll try this again in six months. Thank you for playing. (laughs) So taking the time to heal was huge. The second thing that I did, and this is like clutch, you guys. This is this is it. Is I definitely I remember the year of my breakup that basically until the fall, so like I could see the end uh in early spring and i was honest about seeing that end in spring and basically summer into fall was just abysmal it was hard it was brutal it was rough it was all the things it was crying it was screaming it was all the stuff but in the fall and in the like the winter And really, like, at the start of the new year, so it was a new year, it was my birthday, I really was like, okay, it's time. And what it was time for, for me, was I just wanted to have fun. I felt like I had been, and maybe some of you are in this, just in this, like, winter, right? Like, I had been in this emotional winter. I'd been in this really hard season, and I just wanted some joy, and I knew that joy wasn't going to come and like knock on my door and you'd be like, hey, girl, let's go. I knew that I was going to have to create opportunities and experiences where I could be joyful. So, I mean, I got my best friends involved and we just, the shenanigans that we got up to, the things that we did, we just tried all sorts of new things and we'd try new restaurants, we'd try new coffee places and we'd go, you know, have adventures. We go on hikes. Like I did a ton of stuff by myself. If you've ever read Julia Cameron's The Artist Way, which I just am going to keep recommending to you guys, you know, she talks about this idea of going on artist dates. And I did that all the time. I would, I went to museums and I went to, you know, w- funky little shops that I saw on Instagram. And I just pushed myself to like leave the house and go do things with the expectation that I was going to have fun. And there was such beauty in that because when you've been in a relationship for a long time, often the only fun we know about is like fun that we had as a couple. We really don't know if you've been in a relationship for a while, what it feels like to be single and going and having fun. And yeah, we just had like the best time with the intention of just doing things that were different. And part of it too, I think was we had been inside of COVID for a year and we all just wanted to like do something just to leave the house and to do something. And I will say this, even if you're not going through a breakup, but you're feeling really stuck, you're feeling like life is monotonous. You just kind of like, blah, go freaking do something you don't normally do. If you get coffee, let's say, if you get coffee once or twice a week, or maybe even once a week, if you love coffee and you're getting – and you go to the same place every week to get coffee, like if you haven't tried other places in your town, if you haven't driven across town, if you haven't just – what – like go do something different. And maybe you go and the coffee sucks, right? Right but you're going to have an experience. You're going to see people. You're going to maybe drive by a different part of town. I'm just always open to the idea that like, you know, I'm being guided and I'm going to see something cool or experience something or have a moment of gratitude I wouldn't have had if I just like hung out at home. So I had fun. That was a big deal. And again, I do think enlisting the help of my friends to have fun was just a big, huge part of that. It was the stuff that we do. And I think it ended up being fun for everybody. The third thing that I did, and this feels like a really big one after going through a breakup, is I relearned myself. I had to meet the woman that I am now. That was really important to take the time to relearn who I am, who I am now, and ask myself also who I want to be. And I – I think that's so essential because eventually I did date and I did find love again. And I think that if I hadn't gone through this process of relearning me today, I might have accidentally or unintentionally basically just been the woman I was in my marriage with this new relationship. I would have created the same cycle. And I'm so grateful that I took the time because it's it's really crazy. I, I really want to stress this because this is not something I anticipated, especially if you got with your partner when you were young. So I met my ex-husband when I, I was 18 when I sent him the first email. We went on our first date when I was 19. I was very young. I was totally inexperienced in every way. And so I grew up really inside of that marriage, but also I really kind of learned my likes and dislikes inside of our relationship. And I was raised to be a people pleaser. And I was raised that the man was always right. And I was raised that he was supposed to be the head of our family. And that had all sorts of horrible effects, I think, for both of us. But the gist of it is you forget – I. I don't know. Maybe not. If you're older, more mature, and you are more sure of yourself, great. But there's so many pieces of me that I lost along the way. And the story I always remember was so pivotal. And this is, seems so stupid, but it was a huge deal. I was at my new house, and I was by myself. The kids were with their dad. And it was like one of the first weekends... That I was like totally alone at home in this new place. And I was in bed with my laptop. And I, it was so funny. I was like, we had Netflix at like when I was married. We had Netflix, obviously. And I had gotten Netflix for myself. I got my own account. And then I was like, <laughs> so stupid, you guys. I was like, I, I want other streaming services. Like, I'm going to get other streaming services like a big deal. Like, oh, I could get HBO Max even though we didn't have that. Like, I I want to see the shows that are on HBO. So, like, I could try out this. It sounds so stupid. But you get really set and you just sort of think, oh, this is how life is. This is who we are as people. And you don't really question. So I signed up for those two streaming services. And I was like watching, I was going to like figure out how to watch Netflix, which sounds stupid, except that for a decade, I didn't watch, I didn't stream anything. I didn't watch TV. I didn't do anything. And it really allowed me to focus in and be productive and write books and be successful. But I also have some like understanding now of why I felt like I couldn't do something like that stream a show. Like, oh, I have to keep everything together. So if I'm slacking off, like watching TV, this is all going to fall apart. But I didn't understand that at the time. So here I am in my new house. I've got Netflix and I'm just trying to figure out like what I want to watch. Like you do when you, you know, if you've ever had a new streaming service, you sort of kind of scroll through and see what your vibe is. And one of the shows that first couple weeks that Netflix kept recommending to me was a show called The Witcher. Okay. If you've seen it, it's Henry Cavill. He, it's like based on um, a video game and it's super high fantasy set in a different world, world building creatures, monsters, whatever. And so finally, they keep recommending it to me and I finally go in and watch the trailer. And I watch the trailer, and I'm like, that actually looks great. And I immediately X out and keep scrolling And it took like 90 seconds for it to click in my brain that I had actually just thought, that looks great. And then I was like, wait, why am I not watching the show? And I realized it's because my ex-husband hates fantasy, Lord of the Rings, anything where like creatures have names that are not, anything that's not real life, he hates. And that's okay. He's a human. He's allowed to have likes and dislikes and whatever. But on the flip side, I love fantasy. Love it. Like, I'm here for it all. I'm here for Star Wars. I'm here for Lord of the Rings. Saw every single one of them the night they came out in the movie theater. Like, I love Dune. I think it's the greatest movie. Oh, my Lord, I thought Dune was so spectacular. Like, I'm here for all of this. So I see this show, and I realize, oh, my gosh, I actually love this kind of show. But I haven't watched this kind of show in forever because we tend to do this thing where we're like, oh, if my partner doesn't like it, I'm not even going to get into it because we can only do things we do together, right? Hello, codependency. So it was this huge moment of being like, oh, my gosh, I forgot this part of myself. I forgot that I love this stuff. I forgot that I love to read these books. I forgot that I was into this thing, which sounds really simple. And maybe you're like, well, who freaking cares? I do because it's a part of me that I had shut off because I knew that he didn't like it. I mean, moving out on my own, this sounds, again, so silly, but there were all of these spices and herbs and different things that I use in my cooking that I never did because he liked things simple. And so you just learn to accommodate your partner. It, it didn't even occur to me back then to be like, oh, well, I'll just make it this way and then like I'll put the these things on my food. I just like didn't even bring them into the house. When I moved in here, I got wind chimes. I love wind chimes. My grandma had wind chimes. My favorite aunt had wind chimes. They're so soothing. I think they're so beautiful. He hated wind chimes. And there was a way of like, oh, if, if – it just was easier. And man, that's like shitty feminist of me to not stand up for things that were for me, but it was just easier to be like, oh, okay, I don't want to listen to how much you dislike this. So I'm just going to cut it out. Cause it's not that big a deal, right? It's wind chimes, it's using dill in the tuna salad, it's, you know, watching a fantasy movie instead of whatever. But it's a thousand little things. Those, those those thousand little nuances that make you who you are, that make you an individual person instead of someone that matches them. And again, I am not blaming my ex for this. These are decisions that I made because I didn't have the self-confidence because I very young learned a certain way of behavior. And then of course I would grow into a woman doing that. But the reason that I tell you is if I hadn't taken the time to relearn myself and to ask who am I today, then there's no way I would be living the life that I'm living. And there's no way that I would be inside of the relationship that I have. And for anybody who wants to be in love again, who wants to have a healthy, thriving relationship, you have got to figure out who you are now and who you aspire to be. Because you are trying to find a mate that is a match for who you aspire to be, not who you were, not even who you are. You want to find someone who will match up and be in sync with the person you're becoming. It's like, if you think of it in terms of business, there's this thing that I didn't understand when I started to grow my business and later sort of handed it to an executive team so that I could write the books and do the podcast and do all these things and I don't really think the team understood this either is when you're growing your business i'm just going to make up fake numbers so let's say you have a business that makes $100,000 a year and you're on track to do half a million that's a huge increase and you know that you need a you know a senior accountant or maybe even a CFO to guide you from going to 100,000 to 500,000 I'm making up these numbers, guys. Most people think, oh, I need to find a CFO who has managed $500,000 because that's where we're going. When the reality is, you need to find a CFO who's managed. 1.5 1.5 million dollars. You want to work with someone that has done beyond where you are so they know how to guide you through every part of the process. And I think it's the same with relationships. You want to be with someone who yes, there's a there's a magnetism, there's a chemistry, there's a love and an admiration for who you are, but that they're also going to be a perfect match for who you're going to be. Because that is fundamentally, like without question, one of the biggest nails in the coffin of my previous relationship is I continued to evolve. And he didn't like the first evolution. So he for sure didn't like the 20th evolution. My greatest personal value in life, and I have said this for a decade, my greatest personal value is growth. And that means that I'm constantly challenging myself to evolve and change. The other thing that comes with that being a personal value is if your greatest value is growth, growth rarely comes easily. Growth usually comes through pain, through being challenged, through having to learn, through evolution isn't easy. And I need to be with someone who is also evolving, who not just is also evolving, but admires the evolution, who's like, damn, that's amazing. Like that inspires me. And then he inspires me how he's evolving and I inspire him how I'm evolving. And it really works because we are a match for who we are today. We're also a match for who we're going to be in 20 years. Most people are only looking sort of what's right in front of them. Oh, right now, today, you're a great match for the person that I want to be with. And look, that serves a purpose. You can have fun. You can be supportive. You could be in love. I guess a big part of this, too, is I am I am future-oriented. My mind, I, I work really hard to be in this present moment. I do that through prayer and meditation and just a continuous learning about that process. But I am future focused. Is I came out of my mother, focus on the future. I mean, I am a little girl. I can show you diary entries from when I can barely write. And I'm talking about what I'm going to be, where I'm going. That's just how my brain works. And so I'm constantly, it just, for me, I don't think it would be possible for me to be with someone that's like, you're, you know, they say like Mr. Right and Mr. Right Now. I just don't, I can't fathom that. I I, I I, like to like imagine a world where like I'm cool and like I'm a player and I like, I don't know, like go on dates and like meet all sorts of people, but it's just not my vibe. I really wouldn't be with someone that I couldn't see myself being with long-term. I'd rather just be single because sort of at least to me, it's it's like what what's the point? and there's all kinds of kinds, right? So if you're like, "Oh girl, I just went through a breakup and I'm trying to like meet all get it. Live that life." But for me, I I am future focused and so I had to be mindful of choosing a partner that would be would make sense in the future too. And just to speak on that for a minute because I really think that being better after a breakup is a solo mission. I think it's something you do for yourself by yourself. But most people do ask like, okay, but how did you find love again? Or what if I do want to date? Or how do you find I, – I really – the best piece of advice I could give you for finding someone wonderful is to become someone wonderful. Because we, you know, law of attraction, you don't attract what you want, you attract what you are. So if all your friends are, you know, gossipy, mean girls, you got to ask yourself some questions. If you keep attracting losers, I'm not saying you're a loser, but there's something in your energy that believes that's what you deserve. You're putting out a vibration and then getting the universe's response to it. I was talking to one of the younger women on my team and she was saying like, she's like, I just keep finding these like boys. They're just like not really in it. And they're like, don't really want to date. And they keep ghosting and we have a great time. And And I said, well, first of all, the fact that you just said, I keep finding these boys and you're in your late twenties, that's the first thing we got to fix. Because you're all, that is your vision, is that you're going to find little boys. And little boys, of course, are not going to be committed to anything serious, right? Secondly, you you literally said in this conversation, like, I, they always are. She kept saying things like that. They're all this way, whatever. I'm like, you have decided this is the truth. So that is the only thing that you are going to attract into your life is the vibration that you're putting out. So ask yourself, like, if you want... To be with someone, like if you've never done this, write a page like, my ideal partner is, right? They're funny, they're kind, they're, you know, they care about their community, they have strong faith, they are a hard worker. Like, I don't care what it is, just make your own list of what it is. And then ask yourself do all of the characteristics on that page apply to you? Because if they don't, you've got some work to do. You don't even need to be looking for someone. You need to be growing those characteristics inside of yourself. How jacked is it to be like, I want someone who's, you know, highly educated and hardworking and then you're not doing anything to make yourself in those ways? right? I I want someone who's health conscious, but you're not health conscious. I want someone who volunteers and cares about their community. Like, in fact, I think sometimes when we make that list, it's actually the person we wish we were. So fantastic. You've got marching orders. You've got something to focus in on. And I swear to you, if you focus on making yourself wonderful, like huge, huge, huge reason why I found my boyfriend is that I was not looking for him. I was focused on myself and like, I'm going to be the best mom ever. I'm going to take care of these babies. I was focusing on having fun with my friends. I was focusing on becoming the better version of myself. And I've said this before, but one of the big things I was focusing on at the time and practicing gratitude, like my gratitude practice almost every single morning involved me feeling gratitude for my friends. I have the most amazing girlfriends and every morning I just be like, I'm so grateful. And I would just focus on friendship and support and love every day. And I think the vibe I was putting out to the universe was like friends, 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 friends. And the joke is that both he and I were just friends. In fact, I literally looked it up in my journal because I was just curious because we've just passed a year since we met. And I looked it up in my journal because I just wondered, like, what did I journal about him when I first met? And I really was journaling like, oh, I just met the coolest guy. Like, he's going to be such a good friend, you know. And then I, it's so hilarious. Like, I don't talk about him again for three more weeks because he's just a dude that I knew. And then I'm like, the next journal entry is like, oh, I ran into him again. And we had so much fun and whatever. And it wasn't until like five journal entries in where I literally was like, I feel weird. Like I'm feeling weird. I'm feeling some kind of way. And I don't know what this means. And like, what do I do? Because we're friends. And then every journal entry from there was me spiraling out over like, oh, no, I have a crush on this guy and I don't know what to do. I figured it out. But <laughs> the point is I attracted what I was energetically putting putting out, which was dear friendship. And that's what I found. And I can't think of a better foundation for a relationship than that. It just so happens that he's really sexy and also we like making out with each other. So that works well. The last thing that I wanted to say about this topic is to be really careful that you believe that you've moved on, but you really haven't. I have a lot of girlfriends who have moved on, dating someone else, dating someone great, life's good, but man, they always know what their ex is up to. They know all the cheese. May about his new girlfriend. They got all the crap to talk. If you get him going, there's a lot of anger bubbling under the surface. I just, even if like your ex screwed you over, like even if they're a monster, if you're still focusing on them in any way, if you know anything about their life. Now, unfortunately for me, I still have to know what's going on in my ex's life because we have kids together. The kids are not the unfortunate part, but I do wish like I could go through a breakup like other people and just never have to deal with this person ever again. That's not my truth. That's not my story. And so I have to know and deal with what my ex is going through, unfortunately, all the time. But if you don't, If you don't have kids, but you still know all the cheese may, you know all the information, you got all the details, and you've got any sort of negative emotion about that person, you are a slave to that human. Energetically, you are locked in and you are giving them the energy that you should be using on yourself. Not even the energy you should be using on someone new. Screw that. You gave this person energy for years. And energetically, you are still tied together. You are still in it with them. If you can't, like there's a Taylor Swift song that I love from the Lover album, uh, that's called I Forgot That You Existed. And I highly recommend that you listen to it. Uh, if you are going through a breakup or went through a breakup, that just so happened to be what I listened to a lot when I was going through mine. And I love it because she says. The whole idea is like she forgot that her ex existed. She said the opposite – she didn't say this, but it's an old quote. But the opposite of love isn't hate. It's indifference. That you think about that – like it means there's zero emotion that comes. Either when it comes to our ex, I think the goal should be either that you can think about them and you feel nothing. Or you can think about them with a platonic love. That you can think that you can find love for what happened, what was, and this is my own meditation when it comes to my ex. I would not have my children if it wasn't for my marriage to him. So I can find love for him even on the days when I really don't want to. So I'm not at the indifference part yet, but I can whenever I find myself starting to like feel negative- or feel frustrated or feel whatever i can meditate on just finding some kind of love like wish them love and then send it away wish them love and send it away louise hay says when we don't focus on things they wither and die so you obsessing over the ex you're you're actually giving life you give life and energy to where they are what they're doing and you just are you're you're, you're you need to sever that tie because you are never going to be able to fly and grow and become the person that you want to be, which is awesome, by the way, if you are still energetically tied to something that you shouldn't be. So those are my ideas for y'all. Those are my ideas for today. And I hope that you found this helpful. I, I know that it's really hard to go through a breakup. Whether you chose it or they chose it, whether it was a mutual decision or they left you or they cheated on you or I I know, I know that it's really hard, but this is your journey. This is this specific chapter in your story and you're just getting started. I don't care if you're listening to this and you're like, no, Rach, I'm, you know, I'm 67. I'm not just kidding. I'm 74. I'm not just kidding. B.S you have a lifetime ahead of you. A lifetime. You Oh, okay. You're 50 years old. Great. With the way people live today, you got like 40 more years minimum. That means that you have a whole second half of your life. Like as long as you've lived today, you've got a whole second half of your life. But you gonna, you're going to live it being miserable or you're going to live it being sad. You're going to sit in your house and do nothing and try nothing and experience nothing for what? It is A myth. Like if you're lucky enough to be the person who met someone in high school and until you were 98 years old, you know, or like that scene in the notebook, you're both older and you hold each other in the night and you both die and move on to the next round of life or whatever while holding it. Like if you're lucky enough to have a lifelong love, that's amazing. That is freaking amazing. But guys, that's very unlikely. So you went through a hard breakup or you went through this thing. That doesn't mean this is the end. This is the freaking beginning. You can be in a season and decide like, okay, that's it. I really thought this was going to be my person, but like it's over now. Or you decide that, oh, this is what was necessary in order for me to go to the next chapter. And I, oh God, you guys, I can't even tell you. It's so good on the other side. And it doesn't mean that there aren't scars from that. And it doesn't mean that it wasn't painful. But I cannot imagine. I literally can't imagine still being in that. It was so like, I just, I don't know if any of you have ever experienced that where you like have just tried to hold it together, tried to hold someone else up for so long. And then all of a sudden that weight is gone. It's the most profound life-changing thing that's ever happened to me. And yeah, I just want you to hear that life can be really good. The new chapter can be really good. It can be so much better than you ever thought. And you can be more yourself. That's what's come out of this like not some wild, crazy life, not, you know, oh, uh, I heard someone say this the other day and it sort of annoyed me because I felt like it was like a gross attitude. But like they were describing a friend of theirs. So it was a guy describing another guy whose wife had decided to leave him. And I don't know the people and I don't know the circumstances, but he was like, you know, yeah, I guess she just wanted to like go like live her own life and just sort of have a different kind of lifestyle. And he was like, so judgmental about it. And I was sort of in my brain, I was like, why is that bad? Why is that wrong? It's, it's twisted. And I know like, I'm, this is going to sound so controversial and you can take this for whatever you want to take this for. I met my ex-husband when I was 18 years old, had never kissed another person, had never had sex, obviously (laughs) hadn't done anything. And there are stories where that is someone's truth, and they live their whole life, and it's beautiful and amazing, and we're all jealous of those love stories. But with as much as I've grown, with a personal value of growth and continued evolution, there is no way that I could have made a decision at 18 years old that would still be serving me at 39 unless... I just so happened to have wisely chose a partner who cared about that evolution as much as I did. And that's okay. That's nothing against him. We I believe that we're all on this journey of life and everybody is on their own path. Everyone is on their own journey. I don't begrudge him for being on a different path. I do get frustrated especially when people judge the partner who decided to leave so that they could honor their path. When I, you know, I heard that friend like telling the story about the, and who knows, maybe the path she wanted to leave her husband for was like, you know, shooting cocaine into her eyeballs or something. In which case, yeah, that's questionable and we should talk. But just because someone's path diverges from yours doesn't make them a bad person. And I want you to hear this if you're someone who's grappling with, you know, in your heart of hearts, you know, in your gut, in your soul, you don't want to admit it to yourself and maybe you're not even ready to admit it, but you know in your heart that this relationship has come to an end. When you are ready, because it took me years, so I'm not going to tell you to rush the process, but when you are ready, you are not a bad person because this has run its course. Because this is no longer working for you. This is no longer healthy for you. This is no longer, because the thing is, if it's no longer healthy for you, then it's definitely no longer healthy for them. You get one chance to do this life. One, you need to choose wisely. Because the life that you are living today is a result of the decision you made six months ago, of the decisions you made a year ago. You are living the result of your past decisions. So if you want a future that is different than your current reality, you have to make some new choices. And if you've gone through a breakup or are going through a breakup, then the decision that you have to make is to become a better Version of yourself on the other side of all that you're going through. All right, you guys, I love you and I'm rooting for you. And I hope that this was helpful. If you have questions about relationships or you know, what to do next or frankly, anything. I get a lot of my inspiration from listeners who call into my hotline and ask me questions. So please feel free. You can, when you record it, you can say like, Hey, this is Sarah. And you can use my recording or you can say, Hey, this is Sarah. Don't play my voice. I just want to ask you this question. That's fine too. That hotline is 737 737-400-4626. Call, leave me a message. Let me know what you're thinking. Until I see you next time, I love you and I'm rooting for you. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is produced by me, Rachel Hollis. It's edited by Andrew Weller and Jack Noble.